general principles of endocrine physiology. The endocrine system, physiologic functions and components. Some, key, some of the key functions of the endocrine system include regulation of sodium and water balance and control of blood volume and pressure, regulation of calcium and phosphate balance to preserve extracellular fluid concentrations required for cell membrane integrity and intracellular signaling, Regulation of energy balance and control of fuel mobilization, utilization, and storage to ensure that cellular metabolic demands are met. Coordination of the responses to stress. Regulation of reproduction, development, growth. The endocrine system is an integrated network of multiple organs derived from different embryologic origins that release hormones ranging from small peptides to glycoproteins, which exert their effects in, in neighboring or distant target cells. This endocrine network of organs and mediators does not work in isolation and is closely integrated with the central and peripheral nervous systems as well as the immune systems, leading to currently used terminology such as neurocrine and neuroendocrine immune systems for describing their interactions. Three basic components make up the core of the endocrine system. Endocrine glands. The classic endocrine glands are ductless and secrete their chemical products or hormones into the interstitial space from where they reach their circulation. Unlike the cardiovascular, renal, and digestive systems, the endocrine glands are not anatomically connected and are scattered throughout the body. Communication among the different organs is ensured through the release of hormones and neurotransmitters. Hormones. Hormones are chemical products released in very small amounts from the cell that exert a biologic action on a target cell. Hormones can be released from the endocrine glands, such as insulin and cortisol, the brain, such as corticotropin-releasing hormone, oxytocin, an antidiuretic hormone, and other hormones or other organs such as the heart, such as atrial natriuretic peptide, liver, insulin-like growth factor 1, and adipose tissue, such as leptin. Endocrine organs are located throughout the body, and their function is controlled by hormones delivered through the circulation or produced locally or by direct neuroendocrine stimulation. Integration of hormone production from endocrine organs is under regulation by the hypothalamus. Many other tissues are now known to produce hormones and can thus be considered part of the endocrine system. Examples include adipose tissue, the GI tract, skeletal muscle that secrete myocytes, myokins, the kidneys that secrete erythropoietin, and the heart, which secretes atrial natriuretic peptide. GHRH, growth hormone releasing hormone, CRH, corticotropin releasing hormone, TRH, thyrotropin releasing hormone, GNRH, gonadotropin releasing hormone, ACTH, adrenocorticotropic hormone, MSH, melanocyte-stimulating hormone, TSH, thyroid-stimulating hormone, FSH, follicle-stimulating hormone, LH, luteinizing hormone, T3, and T4 are all hormones. Target organ. The target organ contains cells that express hormone-specific receptors and that respond to hormone binding by a demonstrable biologic process. Hormone chemistry and mechanisms of action. Based on their chemical structure, hormones can be classified into proteins or peptides, steroids, and amino acid derivatives or amines. Hormone structure, to a great extent, dictates the location of the hormone receptor, with amines and peptide hormones binding to receptors on the cell surface.
and steroid hormones able to cross plasma membranes and bind to intracellular receptors. An exception to this generalization is the thyroid hormone, an amino acid-derived hormone that is transported into the cell in order to bind to its nuclear receptor. Hormone structure influences the half-life of the hormone as well, with peptides having a shorter half-life than steroid hormones. Protein or peptide hormones constitute the majority of hormones. Most are synthesized as pre-pro-hormones and undergo post-translational processing. They are stored in secretary granules before being released by exocytosis. Examples of peptide hormones include insulin, glucagon, and adrenocorticotropoid hormone, or ACTH. Some hormones in this category, such as the gonadotropic hormone, luteinizing hormone, and follicle-stimulating hormone, together with thyroid-stimulating hormone, and human chorionic gonadotropin hormone, or HCG, contain carbohydrate myoides, leading to their designation as glycoproteins. Steroid hormones are derived from cholesterol and are synthesized in the adrenal cortex, gonads, and placenta. They are lipid-soluble, require binding to proteins to circulate in plasma, and cross the plasma membrane to bind intracellular cytosolic or nuclear receptors. Vitamin D and its metabolites are also steroid hormones. Peptide hormones are synthesized as pre-prohormones in the ribosomes and processed to prohormones in the endoplasmic reticulum. In the Golgi apparatus, the hormone or prohormone is packaged in secretory vesicles and the contents of which are released from the cell in response to an influx of calcium. The increase in cytoplasmic calcium is required for docking of the secretory vessels in the plasma membrane and for exocytosis of the vesicular contents. The hormone and the products of the post-translational processing that occurs inside the secretory vessels are released into the extracellular space. Examples of peptide hormones are ACTH, insulin, growth hormone, and glucagon. Amino acid-derived hormones are synthesized from amino acid tyrosine and include catecholamines, norepinephrine, epinephrine, and dopamine, as well as thyroid hormones derived from the combination of two iodinated tyrosine amino acid residues. The biologic effect of a hormone can be classified in many ways. The effect is endocrine when a hormone is released into the circulation and then travels in the blood to produce a biologic effect on distant target cells. The effect is paracrine when hormone released from one cell produces a biologic effect on a neighboring cell, which is frequently a cell in the same organ or tissue. The effect is autocrine when a hormone produces a biologic effect on the same cell that releases it. It is intracrine when the hormone has an intracellular effect without first being released into the extracellular space. Hormones released into the circulation can circulate either freely or bound to carrier proteins, also known as binding proteins. The binding proteins serve as a reservoir for the hormone and prolong the hormone's half-life, the time during which the concentration of a hormone decreases to 50% of its initial concentration. The free or unbound hormone is the active form of the hormone, which binds to the specific hormone receptor. Hormone binding to the carrier protein serves to regulate the activity of the hormone by determining how much hormone is free to exert the biologic action. Most carrier proteins are globulins and are synthesized in the liver. As a result, alterations in hepatic function may result in abnormalities in binding protein levels and may indirectly affect total hormone levels. 
The majority of amines, peptides, and proteins, hydrophilic hormones, circulate in their free form. Steroid and thyroid, lipophilic hormones, circulate bound to specific transport proteins. Depending on where hormones exert their, their effects, they can be classified into endocrine, paracrine, autocrine, or intracrine mediators. Hormones that enter the bloodstream and bind to hormone receptors in target cells in distance organs mediate endocrine effects. Hormones that bind to cells near the cell that are released them mediate paracrine effects. Hormones that produce their physiologic effects by binding to receptors on the same cell that produce them mediate autocrine or intracrine effects. The interaction between a given hormone and its carrier protein is a dynamic equilibrium and allows adjustments that prevent clinical manifestations of hormone deficiency or excess. Secretion of the hormone is adjusted rapidly following changes in the levels of carrier proteins. For example, plasma levels of cortisol binding protein increases during pregnancy. The increase in circulating levels of cortisol binding protein leads to an increased binding capacity for cortisol, a steroid hormone produced in the adrenal glands, resulting in a decrease in free cortisol levels. This decrease in free cortisol stimulates the hypothalamic release of CRH, which stimulates ACTH release from the anterior pituitary and consequently cortisol synthesis and release from adrenal glands. The feedback mechanism restores free cortisol levels and prevents manifestation of cortisol deficiency. The half-life of a hormone is inversely related to its rate of removal from circulation. Once hormones are released into circulation, they can bind to their specific receptor in a target organ. They can undergo metabolic transformation by the liver, or they can undergo urinary excretion. In the liver, hormones can be inactivated through phase one, either hydroxylation or oxidation, and or phase two, such as gluconeridation, sulfation, or reduction with glucathione reactions, and then excreted by the liver through the bile or by the kidney. In some instances, the liver can actually modify a hormone precursor, as is the case for vitamin D synthesis. Hormones can be degraded at their target cell through internalization of the hormone receptor complex followed by lysosomal degradation of the hormone. Only a very small fraction of total, total hormone production is excreted intact in the urine and feces. The biologic response to hormones is elicited through binding to hormone-specific receptors at the target organ. Hormones circulate in very low concentrations so that the receptor must have a high affinity and specificity for the hormone to produce a biologic response. Affinity is determined by rates of association and dissociation for the hormone receptor complex under equilibrium conditions. It is, reflect, it is reflection of how tight the hormone receptor interaction is. Specificity is the ability of a hormone receptor to discriminate between hormones with re related structures. The binding of hormones to the receptors is saturable, with a finite number of hormone receptors to which a hormone can bind. Abnormal endocrine function is the result of either excess or deficiency in hormone action. This can result from abnormal production of, of a given hormone, either in excess or in insufficient amounts, or from decreased receptor number or function. Hormone receptor agonists or, and antagonists are widely used clinically to restore endocrine function in patients with hormone deficiency or excess. 
Hormones produce their biologic effects by binding to specific hormone receptors in target cells, and the type of receptor to which they bind is largely determined by the hormone's chemical structure. Hormone receptors are classified depending on their cellular localization as cell membrane or intracellular receptors. Cell membrane receptors. These receptor proteins are located within the phosphobilayer of the cell membrane of target cells. Functionally, cell membrane receptors can be divided into ligand-gated ion channels and receptors that regulate activity of intracellular proteins. Peptide and protein hormones bind to a cell surface receptor coupled to G proteins. Binding of the hormone to the receptor produces a conformational change that allows the receptor to interact with G proteins. This results in the exchange of guanosine diphosphate, or GDP, for guanosine triphosphate, GTP, and activation of the G protein. The second messenger systems that are activated vary depending on the specific receptor, the alpha subunit of the G protein associated with the receptor and the ligand that it binds. Examples of hormones that bind to G protein coupled receptors are shown. DAG, diacylglycerol, PLC, phospholipase C, CAMP, cyclic adenosine monophosphate, and rho GEFs. PIK3, PKC or protein kinase C, GNRH or gonadotrophin releasing hormone, SS somatostatin, GHRH growth hormone releasing hormone, FHS or follicle stimulating hormone, LH luteinizing hormone, TSH thyroid stimulating hormone, ACTH adrenocorticotropin hormone. Receptor kinases and receptors that have intrinsic tyrosine or serine kinase activity that is activated by binding of the hormone to amino terminal of the cell membrane receptor. The activated kinase recruits and phosphorylates downstream proteins producing a cellular response. And examples of hormones that utilize this receptor pathway is insulin. Receptor-linked tyrosine kinase receptors do not have intrinsic activity in their intracellular domain. They are closely associated with kinases that are activated with binding of the hormone. Examples of hormones using this mechanism are growth hormone and prolactin, ATP, adenosine triphosphate, ADP, adenosine diphosphate, and JAK, or Janus kinase. Intracellular receptors. The general scheme for the mechanism of action is steroid receptors. The ligand or steroid diffuses into the cell and binds to the cytosolic receptor. Once binding occurs, the receptor dimerizes or pairs up and are translocated into the nucleus where they bind to a steroid response element on the DNA. This activates gene transcription to messenger RNA and ultimately through increased messenger RNA translation to specific proteins, which results in a cellular response. Some intracellular receptors, rather than being in cytosol in the unbound state, reside in the nucleus, such as thyroid hormone receptors, but their ultimate mechanisms of action of gene transcription and translation are similar. Ligon-gated ion channels. These receptors are functionally coupled to ion channels. Hormone binding to this receptor produces a conformational change that opens ion channels on a cell membrane, producing ion fluxes into the target cell. The cellular effects occur within seconds of hormone binding. Receptors that regulate activity of intracellular proteins. 
These receptors are transmembrane proteins that transmit signals to intracellular targets when activated. Ligand, ligand binding to the receptor on the cell surface and activation of the associated protein initiate a signal, signaling cascade of events that activates intracellular proteins and enzymes that can include effects of gene, on gene transcription and expression. The main types of cell membrane hormone receptors in this category are the G-protein-coupled receptors and the receptor protein tyrosine kinases. An additional type of receptor, the receptor-linked kinase receptor, activates intracellular kinase activity following binding of the hormone to the plasma membrane receptor. This type of receptor is used in producing the physiologic effects of growth hormone. G-protein coupled receptors are transmembrane proteins coupled to heterotrimeric guanine, guanine binding proteins, or G-proteins, consisting of three subunits, alpha, beta, and gamma. Hormone binding to G-protein coupled receptor produces a conformational change that includes interaction of the receptor with regulatory G-protein, stimulating the release of GDP in exchange for GTP, resulting in activation of the G-protein. The activated G protein bound to GD GTP dissociates from the receptor, followed by dissociation of the alpha from the beta-gamma subunits. These subunits activate intracellular targets, which can be either an ion channel or an enzyme. Hormones that use this type of receptor include TSH, antidiuretic hormone, or arginine vasopressin, and catecholamines. On the basis of the G-alpha subunit, G-proteins can be classified into four families associated with different effector proteins. The signaling pathways of three of these have been extensively studied. The G-alpha-S activates adenylene cyclase, G-alpha-I inhibits adenylene cyclase, and G-alpha-Q activates phospholipase C, the second messenger pathway used by alpha-12, have not been completely elucidated. The interaction of G-alpha-S with adenylate cyclase is, and its activation results in an increased conversion of adenosine triphosphate to cyclic adenosine monophosphate, or CAMP, with the opposite response elicited by binding to the GI-coupled receptor proteins. The increase in intracellular CAMP activates protein kinase A, which in turn phosphorylates effector proteins responsible for producing cellular responses. The action of CAMP is terminated by the breakdown by the enzyme phosphodiesterase. In addition, the cascaded protein activation can also be controlled by phosphatases, which dephosphorylate proteins. Phosphorylation of proteins does not necessarily result in activation of an enzyme. In some cases, phosphorylation of a given protein results in inhibition of its activity. G-alpha-Q activation of phospholipase C results in the hydrolysis of phosphatidylenocytol biphosphate and the production of DAG and IP3. DAG activates protein kinase C, which phosphorylates effector proteins. IP3 binds to calcium channels in the endoplasmic reticulum, leading to an increase of calcium influx into the cytosol. Calcium can also act as a second messenger by binding to cytosol proteins such as calmodulin. Binding of calcium to calmodulin results in the activation of kinases, leading to a cascade of phosphorylation of effector proteins and cellular responses. 
Receptor protein tyrosine kinases are usually signal transmembrane proteins that have intrinsic enzymatic activity that is activated by hormone binding. This results in phosphorylation of tyrosine residues on the catalytic domain of the receptor itself, increasing its kinase activity. Phosphorylation outside the catalytic domain creates a specific binding or docking site for additional proteins that are recruited and activated, including a downstream signaling cascade. Hormone binding to cell surface receptors results in a rapid activation of cytosolic proteins and cellular responses. Through protein phosphorylation, hormone binding to cell surface receptors can also alter the transcription of specific genes through phosphorylation of transcription factors. An example of this mechanism of action is the phosphorylation of transcription factor CAMP response elevating binding protein, or CREB, by protein kinase A in response to receptor binding and adenylate cyclase activation. The same transcription factor CREB can be phosphorylated by calcium comodulin following hormone binding to receptor tyrosine kinase and activation of phospholipase C. Therefore, Hormone binding to cell surface receptors can elicit immediate responses when the receptor is coupled to an ion channel or through the rapid phosphorylation of performed cytosolic proteins, and it can also activate gene transcription through phosphorylation of transcription factors. Intracellular receptors. Receptors in this category belong to the steroid receptor superfamily. These receptors are transcription factors that have binding sites for the hormone or ligand and for DNA and function as ligand hormone regulated transcription factors. Hormone receptor complex formation and binding to DNA result in either activation or repression of gene transcription. Binding to intracellular hormone receptors requires that the hormone be hydrophobic and cross the plasma membrane. Steroid hormones and the active steroid derivative of vitamin D fulfill this requirement. Thyroid hormones must be actively transported into the cell. The distribution of the unbound intracellular hormone receptor can be cytosolic or nuclear. Hormone receptor complex formation with cytosolic receptors produces a conformational change that allows the hormone receptor complex to enter the nucleus and bind to specific DNA sequences to regulate gene transcription. Once in the nucleus, the receptors regulate transcription by binding, generally as dimers, to hormone response elements normally located in regulatory regions of target genes. In all cases, hormone binding leads to a nearly complete nuclear localization of the hormone receptor complex. Unbound intracellular receptors may be located in the nucleus, as in the case of thyroid hormone receptors. The unoccupied thyroid receptor represses transcription of genes. Binding of the thyroid hormone to the receptor activates gene transcription. Hormone receptor regulation. Hormones can inf influence responsiveness of the target cell by modulating receptor function. Target cells are able to detect changes in hormone signal over a variety of wide range of stimulus intensities. This requires the ability to undergo a reversible process of adaptation or desensitization, whereby a prolonged exposure to a hormone decreases the response to that level of a hormone. This allows, cell, this allows cells to respond to changes in the concentration of a hormone rather than to the absolute concentration of a hormone over a very wide range of hormone concentrations. Several mechanisms can be involved in desensitization to a hormone. 
hormone binding to cell surface receptors, for example, may induce their endocytosis and temporary sequestration in endosomes. Such hormone-induced receptor endocytosis can lead to the destruction of the receptors in lysosomes, a process that leads to receptor downregulation. In other cases, desensitization, desensitization results from a rapid inactivation of signal transduction following hormone binding to the receptor or by the production of an inhibitor that blocks the transduction process. In addition, one hormone can downregulate or decrease the expression of receptors for another hormone and reduce the hormone's effectiveness. Hormone receptors can also go undergo upregulation. Upregulation of receptors involves an increase in the number of receptors for that particular hormone and frequently occurs when the prevailing levels of the hormone have been low for some time. The result is an increased responsiveness to the physiologic effects of the hormone at the target tissue when the levels of the hormone are restored or when an agonist to the receptor is administered. A hormone can also upregulate the receptors for another hormone, increasing the effectiveness of that hormone and its target tissue. An example of this type of interaction is the upregulation of cardiac myocyte adrenergic receptors following sustained elevations in thyroid hormone levels. Control of hormone release. The secretion of hormones involves synthesis or production of the hormone and its release from the cell. In general, the discussion of regulation of hormone release in this section refers to both synthesis and secretion. Specific aspects pertaining to the differential control of synthesis and release of specific hormones will be discussed in the respective chapters when they are considered of relevance. Plasma levels of hormones oscillate throughout the day, showing peaks and troughs that are hormone-specific. This variable pattern of hormone release is determined by interaction and integration of multiple control mechanisms, which include hormonal, neuro, nutritional, and environmental factors that regulate the, cons- the basal and stimulated or peak levels secretion of hormones. The periodic and pulsatile release of hormones is critical in maintaining normal endocrine function and in exerting physiologic effects at the target organ. The hypothalamus plays an important role in the control of the hormone pulsatility. Although the mechanisms that determine the pulsatility and the periodicity of hormone release are not completely understood for all different hormones, three general mechanisms can be identified common regulators of hormone release. Neural control. Control and integration by the central nervous system is a key component of hormonal regulation and is mediated by direct neurotransmitter control of endocrine hormone release. Neural control plays an important role in the regulation of peripheral endocrine hormone release. Endocrine organs, such as the pancreas, receive sympathetic and parasympathetic input, which contributes to the regulation of insulin and glucagon release. Hormonal control. Hormonal release from an endocrine organ is frequently controlled by another hormone. When the alchemist stimulation of hormone release, the hormone that exerts the effect is referred to as tropic hormone, and as is the case for most hormones produced and released from the anterior pituitary. One example of this hormone release control is the regulation of glucocorticoid release by ACTH. Hormones can also suppress another hormone's release, an example of this inhibition of growth hormone release by somatostatin from the hypothalamus. Hormonal inhibition of hormone release plays an important role in the process of negative feedback regulation of hormone release. 
In addition, hormones can stimulate the release of a second hormone and is what is known as feed-forward mechanism. Patterns of hormone release. Plasma hormone concentrations fluctuate throughout the day. Therefore, plasma hormone measurements do not always reflect the function of a given endocrine system. Both cortisol and growth hormones show considerable variations in blood levels throughout the day. These levels can also be affected by sleep deprivation, light, stress, and disease, and are dependent on their secretion rate, rates of metabolism and excretion, metabolic clearance rate, circadian pattern, fluctuating environmental stimuli, and internal endogenous oscillations. Biologic influences include illness, night work, sleep patterns, changes in longitude, and prolonged bed rest. Nutrition or nutrient or ion regulation. Plasma levels of nutrients or ions can also regulate hormone release. In all cases, the particular hormone regulates the concentration of the nutrient or ion in plasma either directly or indirectly. Example of nutrient and ion regulation of hormone release includes the control of insulin by plasma glucose levels and the control of parathyroid hormone released by plasma calcium and phosphate levels. Release of one hormone can be influenced by more than one of these mechanisms. For example, insulin release is regulated by nutrients such as plasma levels of glucose and amino acids, neural, such as sympathetic and parasympathetic stimulation, and hormonal, such as somatostatin mechanisms. The ultimate function of these control mechanisms is to allow the neuroendocrine system to adapt to a changing environment, integrate signals, and maintain homeostasis. The responsiveness of target cells to hormone action leading to a regulation of hormone release constitutes a feedback control mechanism. A dampening or inhibition of the initial stimulus is called negative feedback. Stimulation or enhancement of the original stimulus is called positive feedback. Negative feedback is the most common control mechanism regulating hormone release. The integrity of the system ensures that adaptive changes in hormone levels do not lead to a pathologic condition. Furthermore, the control mechanism plays an important role in short and long-term adaptations to changes in the environment. Three levels of feedback can be identified. Long loop, short loop, and ultra short loop. Endocrine function is under tight regulation by the nervous system, hence the term neuroendocrine. Hormone released by endocrine cells can be modulated by postganglionic neurons from the sympathetic nervous system or the parasympathetic nervous system. Using acetylcholine or norepinephrine as neurotransmitters, or by preganglionic neurons using acetylcholine as a tra- neurotransmitter. Therefore, pharmacologic actions that interact with the production or release of neurotransmitters affect endocrine function. In general, disorders of the endocrine system result from the alteration in hormone secretion or target cell responsiveness to hormone action. Alterations in target cell response can be due to increase or decrease biologic responsiveness to a particular hormone. The initial approach to assessment of the endocrine function is measurement of plasma hormone levels. Because of the variability in circulating hormone levels resulting from pulsatile release, circadian rhythms, sleep-wake cycle, and nutritional status, interpretation of isolated plasma hormone measurements should always be done with caution and with understanding of integral components of the hormone axis in question. Some general aspects that should be considered when interpreting hormone measurements are as follows. Hormone levels should be evaluated with the appropriate regulatory factors, such as insulin with glucose, calcium with parathyroid, and thyroid with TSH, etc. 
simultaneously increase of pairs, increase in both the hormone and the substrate that it regulates, such as increased plasma glucose and insulin levels, can indicate a hormone-resistant state. Urinary excretion of hormone or hormone metabolites over 24 hours may be a better estimate of hormone secretion than one-time plasma level measurement. However, these measures rely on adequate renal function. Negative feedback regulation. In some cases, the endocrine gland itself is a target organ for another hormone. In this case, endocrine cells from organ 1 produce a hormone that stimulates the target organ to produce another hormone, hormone 2. Hormone 2 decreases the production and release of the hormone that stimulated its release, also known as a tropic hormone. An example is the regulation of anterior pituitary release from the thyroid-stimulating hormone by thyroid hormones produced by the thyroid gland. Positive feedback regulation occurs when the release of hormones stimulates a second hormone that then stimulates the first hormone, resulting in a vicious cycle. An example is the stimulation of LH release by estradiol during the middle of the menstrual cycle. Product control of hormone release. The production and release of a hormone can be regulated by the circulating levels of substrate that it controls. An example is the regulation of parathyroid hormone release from the parathyroid glands by the prevailing serum levels of calcium. Target hormone excess should be evaluated with the appropriate tropic hormone. Receptor function. Hormone responsiveness. Decrease in responsiveness to a hormone effects can be due to a decreased number of hormone receptors, a decreased concentration of enzyme activated by the hormone, an increased concentration of non-competitive inhibitor, or a decreased number of target cells. When responsiveness is decreased, then no matter how high the hormone concentration is, a maximal response will not be achieved. B. Hormone sensitivity. A decrease in hormone sensitivity requires higher hormone concentrations to produce 50% of the maximal response. Decreased sensitivity can be due to decreased hormone receptor affinity, decreased hormone receptor number, increased rate of hormone degradation, and increased levels of antagonistic or competitive hormones. Chapter Summary Hormones are classified into protein, amino acid-derived, and steroid-based on their chemistry. Binding proteins regulate hormone availability and physiologic function. Physiologic effects of hormones require binding to specific receptors and target organs. Hormone release is under neural, hormonal, and product regulation. Hormones can control their own release through feedback regulation. Interpretation of hormone levels requires consideration of hormone pairs or of the nutrient or factor controlled by the hormone.